0: Thank you for letting me interview you, Louis. First, no problem. First question: Why do you want to do this interview?
1: I, I think one of the reasons is I'm always very open to sort of spreading stories and and my journey and okay. the fact that you know one of the key things I certainly believe within my life has has been continual sort of self improvement and self education. Uh, you know, one of the best ways to go about doing that is learning from. Other people might not be in the same industry as you, but, you know, that they are an innovator or or somebody who's in technology or an entrepreneurial career or even something very specific. Uh, I learned an awful lot from, you know, many of my tutors who were incredibly specific within the food and drink industry. But those things then have parallels and crossovers with other things that I do. One of the best pieces of advice I was ever given still to this day was uh, one of my tutors asked me, uh, was sitting down after the, um, the the class, and he said, "Louis, do you cook spaghetti? Right. I said, yeah. He said, um, he said, well, how do you cook it then? I said, well, you know, a bit of water, some salt, maybe some pepper or something. He said, um, have you ever cooked it in orange juice? Right. I
0: said,
1: well, I said, well, I said no. And he turned around at me and looked and said, well, why not? And handed me... A can of orange juice and some spaghetti, and and it, it was that really simple piece of advice that that sort of said it, it was the beginnings of me asking those important questions. Well, actually, that there's a preconception just because everybody cooks spaghetti with water and does it a certain way and has done it a certain way for the last two hundred and fifty years mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that now because of what we know and what we're exposed to can we improve on that? So uh, so that that's, that's you know, part of the reason is, is that, you know, maybe there's something somebody else across the world can learn from, from my journey or my yeah. story.
0: Oh, thank you. What a lovely example, because this whole <laughs> interview, right, is about people who think differently. And that was such a think differently example. No, it
1: was. And, and that's, I mean, I, I had that piece of advice when I was 14. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it really helped to shape the way that I look at the world and, and I look at my business still to this day because okay. that, that's what it's all about. It's it's about you know taking something that that seems regular, mundane, something that's been done millions of times over, but it only takes one guy to ask the question and say, "Well, exactly. actually, is that the right thing to do?" And it's only like Heston when he was part of the movement that proved that sealing your meat before cooking it does absolutely nothing right and apart from slightly change the color you know so it's 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 things like that that these are the guys who who set set the example and, and set the goal post for, for everybody else
0: Wonderful. and if i can
1: even help to do that in in my industry which is you know chocolate then all for the better
0: excellent how would you define a maverick
1: I, I would say, I mean, quite simply for me, it comes down to a, a mindset. And, uh, and I think, you know, uh, interestingly, most mavericks will recognize another one within probably about 10 seconds.
0: Yes. Uh, and,
1: and, it, and it does come down to the factors of perception of the world around them. Uh, you know, do you walk down the street and look where you're going or do you look at the street and look where you're going? as in you know do you pay attention Mm. to what's around you Mm. do you pay attention to to what's going past you the cars the people the houses the the architecture the building the history all those factors that come into you know it's it's enjoying the it's enjoying the journey not just the destination exactly
0: Uh, and and i
1: think that's one of the key things so quite often with mavericks it it is just down to that perception and, and like the guy who gave me that piece of advice he was a maverick because he's just looking at the world and challenging what the preconceptions are Um, and and for me that's what I always try and do within my industry is is because chocolate is a very very old industry I mean we've been producing chocolate at a commercial level in in England alone since the 1650s so it's an incredibly old and archaic industry and there's a lot of room for change. And, and now, you know, with all the molecular cuisine and molecular gastronomy that's going on, um, the, the world is certainly opened up. So I, I think, you know, I don't know. Maybe you can teach it. Maybe you're born with it. I'm, I'm still yet to, to discover that. Well, let's but see. It,
0: some, some of the questions will help you with that, I think. OK, right, okay.
1: right.
0: The London School of Economics developed a maverickism scale. I'm going to give you seven statements and you just need to say true, false or can't decide. People tell me that I'm a maverick or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. True. I'm much more productive than other people. Sometimes. I have very unusual talents.
1: True.
0: I'm generally underestimated by people. True. I do things differently and better than most people when I work. True. Why do you do things differently other than what you've already said?
1: I I mean, I would say, again, that this comes down to... Sort of nature element. One of the the bizarre things. I mean, I thought everybody could do it, and and there is a word for it. I've got it somewhere, but I can't. I can't remember what it is. And basically, it means that I can see ingredients or see combinations of ingredients or hear them and taste them at the same time.
0: Right. So
1: okay. my, my, you know that that's just something that I was lucky enough to be born with that I would watch a cookery programme on TV and while they were putting things together, I'd be pulling the face because I did or didn't like it or I'd say, oh, there's too much salt in that or I don't like the way that that works. So. Again, you know that, and I, I really did think that everybody could do that until I was sitting down with a load of friends once, and we were watching. Uh, I think we were watching "Come Dine with Me." Or something oh, classic like show! <laughs> I was, you know, pulling a face at, at what this guy was making. They were all kind of looking at me, going, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, that's an awful combination. Can't you taste that?" And they all sort of looked at me and were like, "No."
0: Right.
1: Okay. So, uh, so yeah, I think that that certainly is part of it, and also, um I. I suppose because I had quite an unconventional um, unconventional story growing up in a way yeah. because obviously I left school when I was 11 yeah. and since then a lot of what I've done has been shaped purely by things that I'm passionate about so okay. I've, I've learned a lot about very bizarre subjects mm-hmm. purely because I was passionate about learning about them and, and was motivated to do so okay. and, did, and therefore discovered parallels in those certain places, and, and one of the things that's key to me is my sort of look. If, if you want to call it sort of spirituality within the way that I perceive the world, mm-hmm. um, my mantra is one, which is uh, everything happens for a reason, and the second one is we don't make mistakes; we only learn lessons. Exactly. So it, you know, so that that's one. I, I mean, you you obviously find that with a lot of mavericks, certainly, yes. but uh, but I suppose I developed quite a keen sense of spirituality within my work um mm. early on uh, yeah. it's one of the key things that interested me so I, I suppose all of that becomes a combination of of what makes me who i am
0: yeah no that makes sense my family's hindu so yeah we've had spirituality my mum's very like that that's how we were brought up oh fantastic can you give me an example of what you do differently and how and it can be from your business or from anywhere
1: I would, it's a very difficult question to answer because I think one of the sort of unusual things that i found is quite often
0: mm-hmm.
1: I arrive at conclusions, I'm not entirely sure where, okay. but purely by looking at the world in a slightly different way okay. that generally haven't been done before. So ah. we, I've got a lot of uh, world-first products, world-first flavours. Um, A a lot of world first techniques that I've developed over the last, you know, sort of going back eight, nine years now, Um, purely because all the way from the start, it is about asking, you know, not just why not, but but looking at an industry as a whole and looking for a gap where a crossover might happen. So it's it's looking at at chocolate. It's looking at life. It's looking at spirituality and and being able to find a balance. So it's it's as simple as looking into nutrition and discovering that the more sugar has been processed, the more it has a detrimental effect on the body. True. So if then you apply that within a recipe, mm. what you'll actually find is not only will a customer enjoy it more mm. because it's a more of a natural flavour, yeah. they'll actually feel better after eating the product as well.
0: That's a brilliant so example.
1: That, you know, that... it, it's sort of applying... To me, what, what's actually sort of common sense, but but actually looking at a, a lot more of a holistic approach to what I do, because everything that I do within the business, there's, there's a, a reason behind it, and that's been from a holistic point of view. So I'll give you an example. Most chefs, chocolatiers, pastry chefs have a specific area of expertise. Yeah. So they'll be a sculptor yeah. or a specialising in bakery product or you know something of that nature. And when I started uh, out in my training,
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: offered um, a sponsorship by a, a, tra- a world's largest chocolate company, but they've got chocolate academies all over the world and they offered me a sponsorship. Right. And they outlined courses which they felt would benefit me right. and they were all specifically around uh, chocolate production as a, as a manufacturing use, which is what my company mainly does. Um but I then went on to completely change that, and I went to study patisserie uh, savory gelato ice cream right. molecular studies so i you know I looked at things in a lot more of a holistic approach okay. and said, so if, if I, you know if I want to understand my industry, then I've got to understand everything all at once, yeah. and the more I understand about the ingredients and and also it's things like you know combinations within food. Some flavors go well, some just don't. And what you'll often find is that these parallels work very well in sweet and savory.
0: And also, um, sometimes the flavors that work well are the ones you wouldn't expect together. I mean, uh, who came absolutely. up with peanut butter and jam? <laughs> I mean, very
1: true. yeah, very true.
0: Um, is what you do equated to the bottom line, so money, or something else? I,
1: I think it. It's got to be a balance of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think obviously everybody, to a certain extent, needs financial security, um, and unfortunately, it's the world we live in. Yes. You know, yes, it, it would be lovely to disappear off to a desert island and live by your own means and grow all your own fruit and vegetables and, and you know, grow your own clothes, mm-hmm. but it's not the way the world economy works. Okay. And, and obviously, as things move. The economy is, is only growing and shrinking in, in such a way that um, means that you know every year you're you're actually you know you're restricted even more. Um, and in some ways you know, there's more opportunity, but but that's I'll digress. Okay. So I, I think for me it's about a balance. You know, yes, um, there's been certain things in my life that I've learned very important lessons of the value of, of money and value of financial security, and actually, you know, with financial security. Comes health, uh-huh. um, but I think for me, I certainly wouldn't be doing what I was doing if I wasn't passionate about it. That's okay. the driving force. Okay, you know, financial security is, is the end result of creating something that is valuable for your customers. Awesome. Therefore, you you know, you receive value back, but only once that exchange has been made possible. Okay. Um, but but in the meantime, it, it's it's about you know creating products that that in, inspire my customers and, and and show them what chocolate can really be. Okay.
0: Is any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your life?
1: I think so. Um, for me, very much that what I found, you know, I, I had various Sort of working relationships and experience within corporate restaurants, hotels, even a marketing company. Um, You know, I've worked within corporate environments. And, you know, what I see is that a lot of corporate environments are are quite restrictive to Mavericks. Obviously, there are exceptions out there like Royal Dutch Shell and these various others that actually applaud it. Um, But as a whole, the corporate world, because of, of the economy of finance, they are incredibly risk-averse and uh, they're incredibly structured and, and restricted within those structures. So for me, you know, being a maverick within my own business allows me to, to develop and to be creative and, and to have ownership over those skills.
0: Brilliant. What was the name of that company that you said applauded it?
1: Shell. Oh,
0: yes, I interviewed them.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I met Peter Bozer uh, I'm not sure whether he still his acting CEO but he, he was when I met him in 2010 and it was a, an entrepreneur conference and his right. whole sort of presentation over 40 minutes was about how they actually actively look for the you know the maverick spirit within their employees it's and really, how they put them on a ladder to growth.
0: It's really funny you'll find this interesting just a slight tangent so I don't forget to tell you at the end. <laughs> when I was doing my, when I interviewed Shell Oil, don't ask me how I ended up interviewing them, but I interviewed somebody in their in a head of innovation team. And it was when Shell Oil, after that interview, they asked me, could I show them the results of my work because they don't think anything like that exists and they'd like, they're very interested in what I'm doing. That's the moment I realised I was onto something. Yeah. So okay. Fantastic. anyway. Fantastic. So, does doing things differently, Louis, require certain skills, mindsets, talents? You touched on this right in the beginning, but what is it that you have to have if you're going to think differently?
1: I think one of the key things is, you know, it's very easy to, to think differently, but to think differently and put it into practice comes down to a lot of hard work, and that, that's the difference There There are probably, you know, millions of people out there that think differently but mm. they're not putting it into practice because they haven't got the right support network behind them they yeah. haven't got the right finances that you know or whatever that might be so putting it into practice comes down to an awful lot of hard work and determination
0: okay
1: uh, and and hanging on when others might let go and that's been one of the key things of my business because Times have been tough, times have been good, but you've got to ride through that. And, and I think then it comes down to the motivation, the passion that drives you forward. And uh, and I think ab- above that, I don't really think it, it requires much else. If, if you've got determination, hard work and passion for what you do and a love of what you do beyond the pure financial gain, mm. um, you, you'll go far as, as long as you hang on in there. But, but it is – it's – you know something I like to call delayed gratification.
0: Oh, you know, definitely. Doing,
1: yeah, giving up something now so that later you'll receive it, but but more of it. Yes. Uh, but but it's about sacrifice now while you're building your your company or you know whatever it is you're trying to achieve
0: i'll put it this way at the moment it's going to take me till the end of the year to do my 100 interviews and then i've got to write the book so that will have took me 2 years on <laughs> yes. 2 years on no salary well, practically there you go yeah what are the challenges to being a maverick
1: i would say one of the key challenges is being perceived in in the wrong way by others who haven't got the same mindset. Yes. So, you know, that that's one of the the key areas that, you know, people look at you as a as a bit of a sort of an odd outcast, really, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of the time, especially within business, People look at innovation in a good way, mm. but actually it depends how much innovation. You know, if, right. if you're slightly tweaking a product that already exists and there's already a market for it and has been for 20 years, innovation is a good thing. If you're trying to create a whole new market that hasn't existed before, mm. suddenly you're being risky and and, you
0: know, yeah.
1: and that, that's where the problem starts. So it, it's about the perception of your creativity and and you as a maverick so I think sometimes that comes down to how you communicate that message as well and it's you know probably learning better as I've had to learn how to communicate um some of the things that i want to do within the business and and how to grow the business
0: definitely definitely it's funny my professors at uni were saying we couldn't figure out how you who knows nobody managed to get all these people and he goes we had a conversation about it he said you're a nurse I mean children's nurse as well so you know all about empathy and dignity and respect you're a business coach so you know how to coach people and he goes and that we we just put together all you must have put all those skills together and ended up with these amazing people who said yes
1: yeah you know it's very true and and but but I bet as you were going through that journey there were a lot of people who were telling you that you wouldn't be able to interview the people you're interviewing uh, before
0: Louis, you did. Louis, if I told you the truth, my professor told me this project was not doable. And yeah, I got yeah. a straight distinction. And last week I interviewed the visual director of Getty Images. Wow. There you go. I so, mean
1: that that says it all the yeah, it? it's, it's exactly. about the interpretation yes. of you as a Maverick and, and your mindset Set. that exactly. is so different. And I think that also comes down to a learning curve of surrounding yourself with other mavericks. Yeah. And, and obviously there's got to be a balance yes. of mavericks and non-mavericks. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now a lot more of the people that I'm working with are, are also mavericks because yes. they, they understand, they understand the journey, they understand the hard work, but they also understand the passion behind it. And exactly. They're more willing to be flexible. Uh, I mean, my, my design company at the moment is a company called Sheridan and Co. Right, uh, and they're they're an, they're an old sort of family business. I mean, they've they've been in design retail for sort of forty odd years. Uh, and Julian Sheridan started it all up. They've got an office in London, New York, and Shanghai. Right, they do all of the concessions for sort of Fortnum and Mason, Harrods, Selfridges, Harvey Nicks, all the okay. all the big guys out there, all the all the high end luxury companies. Right. Um, and Freddie, who's now the son and uh, who's taken over the business, is a, a complete maverick and has assisted our business in ways in which I could never have afforded uh, for that to happen if, if he was to charge me for the advice okay. and the work that they've put into the business because a maverick understands that it's not all about short-term. It's, it's about the long-term, long-term game. exactly. And that's one of the, that's one of the key things. And, and also it's about bringing people up with you
0: yes definitely what aspects of your character influence your maverick approach
1: hmm. i would say positivity is a very key aspect mm-hmm. and uh, i you know i've always from a very young age found it very easy to be positive and the more positive i am the easier it gets okay uh, you know to, to an extent that Actually, I find it very difficult to be negative, which which can be a good or bad thing. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but but to an extent, I think that the positivity overall um, has has been a a great element to the success of the business. Because you know sometimes when something goes wrong, something happens. It really is just about you know getting up and dusting yourself off and carrying on.
0: Exactly. And, and
1: that comes down to the positivity. And I think the other element is. Probably me being very, very stubborn yes. to say that, you know, yeah, I can, oh
0: my God, I, can. yeah.
1: <laughs> I can bloody do this.
0: Yeah, You know, I
1: have got something here. It is valuable. It is special. It is innovative. And I'm going to stick to it as long as it takes me. Uh, and I'll get there in the end. Can Whether I ask it you something? it takes me 10 years or 20 or 30, but I'll, I'll get there. I'll get where I want to go in the end.
0: Can I ask you something? It's not one of the questions, but I've got to ask you. You know, sometimes do you just have this attitude where you just say, watch, I'll show you? <laughs> yes. Yeah. OK, right. OK. Well, I think we're. we're um, I'll tell you a little bit more about me when I finish this. But are you born or bred a maverick?
1: Very difficult question to an extent. I think I always knew from a very early age i was a bit odd really yeah a bit a bit sort of strange uh and, and purely from the point where you know when i was very very young i spent an awful <laughs> lot of my time i had a choice with adults mm-hmm. um, i found them a lot easier to talk to i found them um you know i had this real problem when i was young that i thought that everybody else was very immature so i'd look at know, kids in the playground playing games and playing, you know, I don't know, whatever they were doing mm-hmm. at, at that age and imaginary games. And I'd sort of look at them and go, God, you could be spending your time so much better. Mm. And uh, I remember uh, probably at the age of about eight or nine, I was reading a book called The Mystery of the Crystal Skulls. And uh, I remember a teacher sort of picking up and pointing it at me and saying, You can't possibly be interested in reading this. And uh, she asked me about five or six questions, flicked through the book, and I got them all right. So right. I always knew that I, you know, I had yeah. this slightly odd outlook on, on my life. Okay. And, and i always been really hungry to learn things from an incredibly young age. Um, but I think to an extent, a lot of what has made me a maverick today has been learnt. There, there was the initial difference but it's what i did with it that that made the difference it it was the the positivity and the determination because actually i'm I'm not gonna stand to let my life be controlled by somebody else i'm gonna go out there and i'm gonna do it myself i'm gonna i'm gonna grow the life that i want
0: what a lovely way of putting it i'm going to grow the life that i want yeah wow do you think (laughs) your childhood in any way impacted on you being a maverick
1: uh, yeah, obviously, I, th- I think there's probably, you know, a lot of things within, within my childhood that impacted that, a certain experiences. I, m- I remember particularly once, um, I don't remember what age I was, probably sort of five or six or mm-hmm. something, and I remember I'd watched uh, a documentary about Sir David Attenborough, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the reflective surface, uh, surface of the, um, the a- uh, outer atmosphere right. and, and the reason of why the atmosphere is blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not actually blue, it, you know, all, all that sort of stuff. And I remember going into school the next day and the teacher was talking about it but she got it wrong. And I remember sort of sitting there in my chair and thinking, oh, oh so adults actually don't know everything.
0: Oh, OK.
1: So that, that was a and I still remember that to this day. And it was a very key thing for me. That yeah. It was the realisation that nobody knows everything. And uh, just because somebody's older than you doesn't actually mean they have any more knowledge about certain things than no. you they might have more experience in certain areas but we're all different um and i i learned that very early on so okay. that that i mean, got me into a lot of trouble because i corrected her in the middle of the class <laughs> that, that,
0: that why am i good. not surprised
1: no uh, and uh, i did that i did that a couple of times uh, right. that. so um you know but but it was it was an important lesson to learn i think i'm, I'm certainly okay. glad i did when i did
0: how is your enthusiasm and drive and energy related to being a maverick?
1: Well, I think that's one of the most important things is is your energy. It's it's about becoming an infectious force um, and, you know, creating an energy around your, your life and your concept mm-hmm. uh, to bring other people on board. Because yeah. if anything that I've learned, you can't do anything on your own. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that's what it's all about. So... You have to be able to to grow this energy, to be able to to infect other people with it, mm-hmm. so they actually want to join in and create more energy, exactly and to create something that's more sustainable and that has more of a future than than just you on your own. Okay. So that's a that's a really key thing for me, and and also as I said before, the the, the energy and, and the motivation, the passion, just to. Brush yourself down and, and get on with it. No matter okay. what happens.
0: How do you see rules?
1: No such thing. Okay. <laughs> um. I. You know. <clears throat> rules are are written words which have been written in a certain time in somebody's life, a certain uh, period in time, uh, and things change all the time. Exactly. So I think it's. Uh, you know. Yeah. I, society needs rules to keep order and control to an extent uh but as a whole i think it's it's they're very specific and very situational
0: okay have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger
1: um i I think pretty much always right right from the very start and um you know right right from when i very first remember um i've always had the same outlook
0: okay and are you always a maverick in business, or do you choose to be so at times?
1: I think at the beginning I always was, mm-hmm. but now I choose when is appropriate.
0: Okay. Um,
1: you know, I mean, it, very simple things like, you know, and, and to a certain extent it, it helped, and it helped define who I was, Yeah. but I was the, the first person... To go into the House of Commons for meetings in a pair of jeans, yeah, uh, because I was so determined that I wasn't going to wear a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now I wear a suit, but it just so happens to be bright orange. You know, right. so but, but there's there's some sort of compromise there where actually it's it's learning in yourself that certain things apply to different situations, and, and you have to respect mm. that.
0: And also, just throwing it in there for you. I don't really like the word compromise. I use the word accommodation. So I very accommodate. True. Yeah, very true. I don't compromise.
1: No, I accommodate. Very true. But, but I think, uh, uh, you know, certainly sometimes you you choose, and, and depending on Definitely. who you're with or the audience. Okay. or I mean, it's, it's, you know, things like giving a presentation. There are certain things that are better left unsaid when you're with a certain group of people. Um so it's you know sometimes about tuning into your environment and working out what what's going to work best.
0: Do you turn the dial up and down on your maverickism level?
1: Yeah, I, I think the same same as before, you know, okay. it depending on who I'm with, the organisation, the company and, and what it's actually for, what the meeting's about, all these different okay. variables can change how I approach and how I communicate that. You know, if I'm with a fellow sort of maverick or creative then you know i can dial it right up if yes. i'm in a meeting about government lobbying and policying for trade and exports yeah. then it's dialed right down because okay. you know they they will resist change at every state because they know even the slightest wording change in a policy could take five years
0: right okay and is this choice okay conscious or unconscious when you're doing the uh, dialing up and down or when you're using it and when you're not being so maverick Uh,
1: i i think i'd like to think now it's it's probably unconscious whereas at the beginning it probably was slightly more conscious where i would sort of try and evaluate a situation and look at it objectively and and actually think oh well you know that meeting didn't go quite so well well why was that probably because I was being a little bit too you know maverick bit too OTT for them, for them. And, and for okay. their type of company or the organization that I was meeting or you okay. know, various different things
0: so what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business
1: um I'm not quite sure what the disadvantage is um I think the advantage is, mm-hmm. is that the leap on competition uh, is that we find all the time that no matter what competition are doing, we've either done it before years ago or so long ago that, that actually we, you know, it, it, for us it was ancient history. Um, right. I mean, you know, it's, it's certain products that we've done in the past that competitors are still releasing brand new today and we were doing them like eight nine years ago ago, there is that there's the there's always the jump on competition right um disadvantage I i think for me you believe exists at the beginning because you perceive that you've gone into a meeting and you've been too Creative for the other person, or whatever reason it was that you didn't fit the, their principles, but actually, it's a good thing. If if they don't accept you for who you are and your business as it is, there's no point carrying on the discussion. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. you know that now. That for me comes around to an advantage that that ultimately. My business is very different. Yeah, I have a very different outlook on what I want for my business. Yeah, um, and if they don't understand that, there's no point wasting exactly. any more time. I mean, I've we've been looking for investment for the last couple of years mm. uh, to, to grow the business forwards in a in a bigger way. Mm. And you know, I couldn't tell you the amount of investors I've had sitting with me who yeah. I have so that gut feeling you get and you just think, God, what am I doing with these people? You know, they don't understand the business at all. Uh, and it was only when I actually met with Freddie, the, the designer I'm working with now, and yeah. he just sort of said, he said, well, Louis, you know, instead of letting them ask all the questions, you've got to start asking the questions you before you start the meeting. You know, <laughs> when When was the last time you shopped in Whole Foods? When was the last time you went to a Michelin restaurant? Uh, what type of car do you own? What holiday did you go on last week? Yes. And if the answer is, you know, little Aldi, Butlins, I drive a Morris Minor, you know, if those are the answers, then there's no point carrying on the conversation because they're not going to understand your business.
0: He's right. Do you know, he's, I have to completely concur with him. The thing that jumped into my head, okay, and like I said, you'll learn a bit more about me at the end, but the thing that jumped into my head is rather than. You know, take, you could take ownership and you could actually set up a competition that would say who is going to win the, win the first prize of being Louis Barnett Chocolates' um, investor. And you yeah. could do it as a competition and you could ask all those questions in some really creative way, yeah? Yeah. That then, just from what they submitted, you would know who, A, nobody who doesn't want to invest in you wouldn't have applied anyway. And secondly, um, just from what they submit, you'll know exactly who should be your investor.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So So that's, you know, that's really changed the way that we look at the business. And uh, as I said, I I really, I don't think there are any disadvantages anymore. You know, I I might have, if you asked me that question probably five years ago, I'd, I'd have probably come up with a very long list, but not anymore.
0: Yeah. Okay. Has age and experience altered your maverick approach? If so, how have you grown?
1: Uh, absolutely. And uh, I think, you know, I've always, again, lived by the rule that or the mantra that, you know, every day is, is a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll learn something new every single day of the life until you die. Um, so over the years, things have changed My approach to the business has changed. It's a lot more calm. It's a lot more, um, probably assertive than it was. Um, I'm a lot more sure of of exactly what it is I want, what it is I'm after, the direction of the business, um, and and then specific. So, you know, my growth as a chocolatier, Mm -hmm. and obviously when I started, it was very difficult for, um, very difficult for me to assert my knowledge within the industry because I was some teenaged kid who had had a couple of years experience and there were guys out there who'd been in the industry forever and a day. Um, And now, as of, you know, 2000 and 2012, I became the world's youngest Colourback Chocolate Ambassador. So now I can, I, I can say that I have done my dues, you know. I have yeah. learned. I am a talented chocolatier, and nobody can tell me otherwise because of that title. There's, yeah. uh, you know, probably just over forty Calabat uh, kind of ambassadors in the world, and, and I'm one of them. So, look,
0: but that society—you were probably an amazing chocolatier, t- you know, years ago because you were having ideas that other people weren't having. This just yeah. gives you. This just gives you the badge.
1: Yes, absolutely. That, that's all it's about.
0: Yeah. What aspects of your business are you most maverick in?
1: (coughs) I would say the conceptual approach. Okay. uh, and, And the innovation within the product.
0: Okay. And what aspects of your business are you least
1: maverick in? Hmm. I, don't, I honestly, honestly don't know about that. Um, I, would, I think it would have to be in, in the structured approach of things like you know finance, cash flow forecast. Because to an extent, you know, there's, there's only so many ways you can cut the cake. Yeah, Louis really,
0: is the, the same answer. <laughs> tax, yeah. tax, and admin is the top answer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know about tax, <laughs> people are quite creative about oh, that. Oh God, but, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what but I think we you know we Sorry. don't there's only there's only a couple of ways you can cut the cake and yeah. to an extent their industry as a whole within finance is not a maverick-friendly industry. So it's about being able to interpret what you've got and give it to them in a language that they understand.
0: Do you know what was really funny, right? I was saying to somebody, that I was doing this interview, and I was saying, you know, I'm hoping that out of the 100 interview, one person is going to tell me how they've maverickified their finance systems. (laughs) <laughs> and managed to find a maverick accountant. And do you know what this guy said, which was really enlightening for me? He turned around and said, um, why? He goes, we, why would you spend your energy trying to change that when you could spend your energy trying to change something more worthwhile? Yeah, that's very and true. And I, thought, I true. hadn't thought about it like that.
1: Yeah, no, that, that is very true, absolutely. What,
0: what aspects of your life are you most maverick in?
1: Um, that's quite a difficult one. God, I don't uh, (laughs) don't get much free time. Um, I I would say you know within that now, and again, it's it's all about the growth. Is is the relationships of the people around me?
0: Okay,
1: Uh, you know I tend to have a lot different approach, um, and I think a lot of people within relationships, i.e., friends, family, Mm -hmm. whatever it might be, they have quite a a linear way of looking at something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you learn in business or certainly within within what I'm doing and, and entrepreneurialism is that, you know, business is is about people and people are never what they seem to be. Yeah. So it, it's, you know, sometimes it takes years to discover a, a person, in, you know, a, really. And, and it's one of those things that they... They do something dishonest or you're in a bad situation and they're there for you. There's all these different things. But, you know, from a personal point of view, it's about evaluating that and understanding who the people around you really are. Because actually, you know, the people around you, the friends, the family, they can either become a great support network or a barrier. Okay, And and it's also about understanding that as well, is that the people around you negatively or positively impact you as a person because Mm -hmm. if if you're spending time with them on your downtime that's the time when actually you're probably more likely to be creative yes or or you know you're you're spending time with people that can as i said positively adversely affect your business
0: okay what aspects of your life are you least maverick in
1: I would say, again, similar to some of the other answers, mm-hmm. I probably wasn't a good number of years ago, but I would say that certainly now, um, I would say there probably isn't an area where, where I'm not. Um, you know, okay. it's... My, my whole life is, is centred mostly around my career, but also around the understanding that, you know, when it comes to a relationship, when it comes to an experience, any, anything in your life, it, it's, it's about finding things that, that better you, not okay. worsen your condition. And, and I think that's probably a relatively maverick approach to, mm-hmm. to look at the world like that. And and also, as I said, the evaluation of, is this a good idea, is this not? And weighing up those, val- you know, the, the, the evaluation of that and, and choosing things that enrich you as a person. You know, okay. It could be a, a decision whether to sit in day and watch TV all day, which I, I don't, have done, haven't done for years, or go out and see something new. Okay. You know, go and experience something new, taste a new cuisine, you know, go to the cinema, watch a film that you wouldn't normally have done. All these different things. It's, it's about enriching yourself.
0: Okay. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? Um,
1: I don't think so, no. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, it would be lovely to be remembered for the change that I've made in the industry, but mm-hmm. um, I'm quite a here and now person. And, um, you know, it, it, it a lot of the time is very much about making an impact now, making an impact on, on the people around you, because that's the tangible reality. Um, you know, none of us know what's going to happen. I mean, I, I could be hit by a bus tomorrow. Exactly. So So those sorts of things are, you know, it... <clears throat> it's it's perception and reality well this is reality this is happening um and you know none of us know how long we're going to be here none of us know what impact we're going to make or why we're going to be remembered because you know the reality is there's a very very small percentage of the population that are remembered um but if you can make a tangible impact now today I think that that matters just as much.
0: Okay, how much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back or paying it forward?
1: I, I think quite quite a large amount, I would say um, purely because, uh, as a as a maverick, I from uh, certainly what I see that most mavericks have a business that have a slightly longer reach in what they're doing as a, as a company, and mm-hmm. quite often. Um, are about long-term value creation and and the the marketing mantra that is that you know if you create value for your customers they will create value for you but only in that order okay i I think that's you know and it's investment and reinvestment you you invest in your customers by a new innovation of flavor they buy the products which lets you invest in a new product to give to your customers that creates that that value cycle
0: Does Mavericks tend to be risk takers? What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date?
1: I don't think I could say. I think that there are probably hundreds, if not thousands, over the years. Um, You know, I think probably one of the biggest Uh, risks that I've taken is trusting people that I probably shouldn't have um so I think that's that is because you know business is not done by machines you know we don't do business with robots we don't do business with computers we do business with people so Mm -hmm. by who you trust decides ultimately the success of your business Mm -hmm. and who you put faith in ultimately also depicts the, the success of your business okay So I think that's every day there is a risk that somebody that you put faith in could be untrustworthy.
0: Okay, that's a really interesting perspective. How many projects have you taken in the past five years, Louis?
1: Thousands, (laughs) literally. Um, I mean, you know, lots and lots of projects. And again, it's you know sometimes about learning about your 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 personal boundaries um, and also you, the value of of your time over certain things that you know, there's many projects that i've got involved in and and you know i would love to get involved in in the future mm-hmm. but for unseen reasons whether that be time constraints whether that be support whether that be um you know policy you know all these different reasons um, it hasn't come to fruition okay. uh, and, and it's and it's a great char- I mean I'll give you an example within the charity world I used to do an awful lot of conservation right and um, we used to donate at one point to 15 different uh, charities mm-hmm. and um, although you know it was fantastic and, and it was a great great experience to work with all these fantastic charities uh, one of the things that I began to discover that was really a lot of these charities are working in a very non-maverick way. And you know, yes. they're doing the same thing they have done for the last yeah. 50 years and the admin fees are high because they employ people that they shouldn't. There's, I mean, to give you an example, there's 26 orangutan cha- charities just in West Kilimanjaro in Borneo. Right. Now, you can't tell me that 26 different charities with 26 different fundraisers, mm. with 26 different groups of donators, they can't be running efficiently. Yeah. So that there's there's certain things you know, and you take on these projects um, and and to try and help, to try and change, to try and do what you can. But ultimately, um, it is about accepting that there are certain things that you you can't change. No. Um, only when you are in a position of, of influence or financial security or various other things that actually, then I am very sure that yes, I will set up my own foundation. Yeah, and, do you know that? Yes, I then... will. i will be able to impact things in a a more positive way but but only when i've got a little bit more control over it
0: that's what i was going to say a lot of the mavericks i've interviewed they're sort of setting up their own charities because then they can run them in a maverick way
1: that's right Um, absolutely and that's that's always been my opinion as well
0: yeah what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful project
1: I I think that that would depend on your definition of success personally. For what? Um, You know, it's what what you would be looking for. And and personally, I would be looking for, um, you know, know, yes, a project has got to work financially, unless that's not its purpose. Okay. Because sometimes a project is just about, say, PR or marketing. So all you're after with certain projects is to, to drum up a buzz about a product. I mean, we we did a, um, a Mexican-inspired Easter egg for Selfridges. Okay. Now, really, we knew that th- that product would never make money. It was they were eighty-nine ninety-nine each, right? Because it was twenty-two carat gold foil and bespoke okay. packaging, okay. And something that had never been done before. But it was all about showing the talent of my business and, and what I can do as a chocolatier. Okay. And the flexibility that we've got. And off the back of that, now we only sold sort of 20 of them. Right. But off the back of that, we got huge amounts of PR and, and marketing that we could continual for sort of two years. Yeah. So, again, it, it depends on the, the individual success okay. of the project.
0: Okay what leads to successful execution of a venture
1: um when any of your projects uh,
0: again, are successful what is it
1: again you know it, it comes down to the hard work the passion the motivation uh, and one of the key things is the team and the people around you
0: and what do you bring to it what do you bring that makes the project successful
1: the, the foresight and the innovation uh, and the the attention to detail of, of the project. So, you know, looking at what you have, looking at what the the risk and the reward is. It's it's about the holistic approach that okay. the team will focus on the individual areas of. Mm-hmm. But my job is the holistic approach of you know yes we're re- launching a new product range but how does that fit into the vision for the next five years well okay. actually that product is there for a reason because we want to diversify into that product
0: just like you gave me with the mexican example
1: yeah that's okay. right absolutely okay.
0: when a project is unsuccessful what do you what would you say is the main reason for its failure
1: Um, again I I would say that comes down to people now whether that's people in your business or the other business Mm -hmm. that's that's to be decided but quite often it's unsuccessful because a decision maker in another company has placed the product in the wrong place it's on the wrong shelf the staff haven't stocked it properly there's no educational material as they should be there's all these different variables but but it always comes down to an error of a person okay well, as i said either in your business or or theirs that somebody hasn't priced it properly
0: okay somebody
1: hasn't done the packaging properly somebody hasn't spent enough time on the graphics the the lamination on the boarding and the cardboard doesn't look right, therefore makes it look cheap, which means the customer won't buy it. There's, so it, it's a it's a knock-on effect. One tiny little detail then can cause huge damage to the product or the project.
0: Okay. You touched on this before, but how important is team to you as a maverick?
1: Huge. It's it's the most important thing. Okay. And uh, I think if, if anything that I've learned as well is, you know, you need to increase that as you grow as a business and and you need to bring more people in to give different outlooks, whether that it could be flavour, it it could be be anything.
0: And does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership?
1: To, To what, sorry?
0: How does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership?
1: I, I would say, you know, personally, it's about, again, having a balanced approach as to understanding that everybody has a different motivation right. within what they're doing. And and sometimes, as I said, you know, it, it takes a long time to figure that out. But, but it's about trying to get to the bottom of, you know, what's driving the motivation of the people and the team around you. Therefore, how can you impact that balance that within your business to bring out the best in them
0: okay how and where did you get your permission to be a maverick
1: (laughs) don't need any
0: okay you've touched you've used this word quite a lot the next two words i'm going to use so is being a maverick related to creativity and if so how
1: I would say that's what really sums up the mavericks' approach, as opposed to anything else. It, it's the creativity of what they're proposing. It doesn't matter what industry they're in. You know, people per- perceive the creative arts as sort of art, design, fashion, but but actually it exists in everything. It, it exists in every single industry. Right. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example of a of a maverick who's in a completely unrelated industry. He's a guy who's been in music producing soundtracks for big blockbuster films for documentaries for tv series and he's now done a whole project and he's now recording lots and lots of music for people who are chefs designers artists sculptors so he's actually making music to the sound of uh pistachio sorbet oh my god called what's his name his name is mike and I, if you want, I can get I can get his details for you. Yeah, he, he might be somebody. I'll, yeah.
0: I'll ask you that at the end. I'm making a list of people as we go through. Okay, next question. How is being a maverick related to innovation?
1: Again, in a, in a very, very similar way. You know, it, it's I would say it would really be the same thing as creativity okay. in, in a very instinctive way that innovation is creativity within a specific area
0: okay so
1: you know it's innovation in technology or innovation within a product innovation within flavor and and again it's it's just another form of creativity
0: okay you a lot of these questions you've touched on them but i want to make sure i ask you them so i get the specifics from you because this is fascinating mavericks tend to be learners what are you a student of life No surprises there. (laughs) Do you draw on other mavericks in any way?
1: Yes, yeah, many, many ways. I've got a lot of people that I know who are mavericks, a lot of people that I work with, and and more and more understanding that 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 is about the the growth and approach and, and keeping your motivation and... Now, as I said before, it, 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 it's becoming more of a part of what I do because it's about learning that there are many more mavericks out there than you realise, and it's about actually using them. As I said, in a, in a completely unrelated industry, yeah. completely unrelated uh, time period, experience, age, none of that matters, but it's about bouncing ideas and creativity, and quite often you come up with ideas or approaches or projects that you'd never would have considered before i mean i've got a very good friend uh who actually tweeted me through her dad's uh company who do pork pies right and she's a 22 year old girl she her kind of day job is interviewing celebrities on the red carpet right she's also helping run the family pork pie business that goes back 200 years right and she's a producer and uh, director and many other things of film companies pr media and so actually we've now got a project going with one of the biggest uk cinemas purely because we made a connection and said well there's nothing in common about our industry at all but there may be an opportunity in the future and we kept talking and kept discussing things and then something comes along which we're working on together as a project so there you go and that's the example that you know, these things do happen.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, is there anyone who's a maverick that inspires you? Who jumps into your head when I ask you that question?
1: I would I would say that there are two, really. Um, okay. I would say Heston Blumenthal. Yep. Um, purely because of, of what he's done to cuisine and, and how people perceive cuisine differently now to they have ever done because of him, because of what he did, because of the developments that he made the technology the research and again the holistic approach with, with what he did with his cuisine
0: definitely um, i always and, and remember watching the one where he did it was like a um it was like willie wonka's chocolate factory
1: yes <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> that's the one i remember okay and the other person
1: richard branson okay um i think because he You know, he was one of the first mavericks out there to prove that being different, being unconventional was, you know, not only okay, but it was a huge advantage. And and actually, his business concept as a whole was so simple. Mm. It was about doing something better than it had been done Done before. before, And and that's all it was about. It was, you know, whether that was a a train, a plane, a holiday, music, television, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. It's about improving Absolutely. something that was already out there and putting more of an entrepreneurial personal touch to it. And uh, and I think that's, you know, I admire him for that. And I'm sure millions of other people do. But, but Do you know what his
0: name d- is, the name that comes up? Um, the two key names, I mean, people do say other people because, you know, people have other people come into their life who inspire them. But the two names that came come up all the time are Jobs and Branson, Jobs and Branson, Jobs and Branson. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: Who is someone in your life that makes all the difference? God, um, oh, that,
1: that's a very difficult question. I think, I think I've been lucky to have a lot of different uh, mentors over the years. And, and quite often, you know, people come and they go. Um, and I've, I've got you know, many mentors that have made incredible impacts to specific periods of my life, to specific um, developments. But, you know, I've got a lot to thank uh, in Bart van Kahnberg the guy who uh, told me about spaghetti and the, and the orange juice. So there are, there are people like that that, you know, even today I should look back on and they made a, an incredible impact within everything that I've done up to date.
0: What do you have to suffer or sacrifice because you're a maverick?
1: I, I think you probably have to sacrifice an element of normality uh, and by that I mean just the the, the perception of, of normality which is the the average person of my age that leaves work at a certain time and gets up at a certain time and you know that those sort of simplistic things okay um, and, and also certainty of you know is, is a big thing so I have no idea where I'm going to be in in a month's time. Yeah. And therefore, sometimes that impacts on planning things. If I wanted to go on a certain holiday or, you know, I've had to cancel things Mm. before in the past because, you know, work comes first.
0: Yeah. Okay what you've touched you've already answered this but i'm like i said some of these questions i'm asking you louis in case there's anything else you want to add yeah right? yeah
1: yeah
0: what motivates you as a maverick what is the thing that makes you jump out of bed and go and want to
1: do this i i think i think it's it's the you know the enjoyment of of making the impact and making the change okay and uh and and you know being able to prove that The concept is viable being able to to have that moment where whatever it is however small however big has made a direct impact Mm -hmm. on um what you are the industry the product the innovation the person so it, it could be as simple as somebody sending you an email to tell you how amazing a product was it could be you know wanting or a goal to work with somebody or to do something and then the final realization that through a completely unrelated way you've ended up there so i, I mean, yeah. i've said probably for the last three four maybe longer that i've wanted to work with heston i've wanted to meet him right and next month i'm getting a chance to do that
0: Holy in, in a
1: completely unrelated way through um a, a catering company who want me to do an event for a, a finance house right um and he so happens to be working with them on the project and he wants to put something together wow. so you know and, and it's opportunity right time right place, place or yeah. whatever you want to call it exactly but it's because i put myself out there yeah. that i've ended up with this opportunity Tunity. yeah
0: is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of
1: I, I think so. I mean, as I said earlier, it, a lot of it is about personal development. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about finding out who you really are, what really motivates you, and, and stripping away all the the gunk and the rubbish that you're sort of educated with over the course of your life, uh, and understanding better um, what what your your real um, goal is. You know, okay. what, what your real aspiration is with, within what you do.
0: Do you like being a maverick? Yes. Is being a maverick important or a responsibility in any way?
1: I think yes and no, you know, it it can be. And uh, only because I think as a maverick, you have more of a chance to make an impact on the world around you, whether that's through your circle of influence, whether that's through contact whether that's through your business you know there's all these different things so I think as a as a maverick there is a sort of a sense of responsibility that because we are in the new age of the world and we're we're in a very you know we're actually in a very damaged part of our human existence that the world around us is sort of silently dying and and we a lot of us are unaware of that you know whether Mm -hmm. it's conservation palm oil industry you know all these awful things that are going on around the world so i I think for me there is a responsibility as a maverick to be conscious okay um, because we are part of the new generation of business going forwards
0: now you've nearly finished this interview on a scale of one to ten how maverick are you Not in comparison to anybody else, but in comparison to
1: Louis. Personally, I I would say tech, because it it absolutely characterises who I am. Okay. And and everything about me, whether that be personal or business, is is utterly consumed by it. And uh, it makes an entire impact on everything that I do, personal and business.
0: What advice would you give to someone who feels they are a maverick, so that they can be the best possible maverick they can be?
1: I, I think it, it's it's the realization that delayed gratification comes in. Okay. Into it in a big way, you know. It it is about sacrifice now to gain later on, um, to put the hard work into it. But but really is is to to figure out your motivation. You know mm-hmm. why you want to do this what what's be, if, if it's just money if it's just a car if it's just a house then mm. those things only last for a period of time right you know it's it's about figuring out why and if it is to a means to an end, then fine but but as long as you're clear on that i am working in a business because i want to pay my way through university okay. fine but but know that okay. know what it is you're after and and know what it is you're trying to impact within your own life um, because that is the motivation that will keep you going when the times do get tough which they will well, because it's, it's inevitable that it's going to happen at one period or another whether that's at the beginning of your journey or at the end it's it will happen at some point and that's the motivation that will get you through to the other side. Okay
0: how do you promote and serve other people to be Mavericks?
1: Uh, I I would say purely through the work I do with uh, educational institutions, with presentations that I do, uh, I'm very much encouraging people to look at the world in a different way. I do a lot of flavour and culinary workshops, um, a, a lot of presentations around that. So, you know, purely, again, it's about education. It's about educating people as to, as simply as getting them to try something that they've never experienced before But it's quite simple, like spaghetti and orange juice stories to to break that barrier and say, look, you know, wine isn't just wine or chocolate isn't just what chocolate or whatever it is, isn't about the preconception. It can be something else, but only if you decide to make it something else.
0: Or or decide to let it go where it wants to go. Yes, very true. Yeah. How do you promote and serve yourself as a maverick?
1: I, I would say it, it comes back to personal development. It, it yeah. comes back to, you know, late nights on YouTube, watching speakers, watching uh, documentaries, mm-hmm. uh, you know, learning to <sighs> religious speeches and all these different yeah, things. Yeah. It, it's it's about greater growth of who you are as a, as a person because it, it doesn't just impact one area. It doesn't just impact your business, but but impacts you as, as a person entirely and so for me that's that's how i do it. it's, it's the focus on growing all the time every day as a person a new recipe a new technique a new outlook something
0: yeah what's your <clears throat> biggest ambition right now
1: my biggest ambition i would say is to Grow the company to where I want it to be from the point of view of being <clears throat> a global-reaching business. Okay. Um, but also to be able to to show that it is possible to build a business and actually create a new market sector, which is what I'm ultimately trying to do. Okay. Is, is trying to create something that's never been there before, a gap in between real high-end incredible artists and produce and taking that to a larger marketplace
0: if you could have a superhero power what would it be
1: reading people's mind (laughs) oh um what do you do for fun very much depends on the day um where i am i I think one of the the biggest things that i love doing is i love photography right um i love experiencing new cuisine as well so any opportunity to try something new a new flavor anything like that and uh you know quite often not just new new culinary experiences but, but also fusion so you know using new technology for something that's already there as a as a traditional food or or, or is accepted um in culinary or uh, gastronomy
0: mm-hmm. as
1: the norm and somebody actually changing that
0: okay i'm thinking chocolate samosas at the moment just because i'm Indian.
1: Um, <laughs> i used to do chocolate poppadoms oh really i don't, I don't do more, but uh, yeah, okay I did, I did do
0: what would you like to have been asked louis that i haven't asked you
1: i don't think anything in particular i mean uh, you know it's 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 your interview what you asked me is what i was meant to answer
0: okay so that's the end of the interview thank you for letting me interview you not at all